Welcome to Don't Worry About It with Neeks. And before we get going on this lovely podcast, I wanted to have a little disclaimer uh, with regards to what we will be talking about and with future episodes coming up that not everything that I say and that my guests say is 100% true. Not everything that we say we 100% stand by. So before there's any assumptions made about our beliefs or um, anything really, uh, just know that this is a friendly conversation between friends and that there is no judgment here. Um, With that being said, I'd love to welcome a great friend of mine at the quarantine underscore chef on Instagram, Ramsey's Rubio. Welcome, brother. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, Glad to be on the show. Yeah, Um, happy to have you on. No, it's been great. Uh, Thank you, Nico, for inviting me. And, you know, uh, I hope this is a great conversation. You know what's really funny? What you just said uh, for the disclaimer? This is where I wanted to start off because, uh, like, the fact, I think it's just the fact that we have to have a disclaimer for ideas that young people are saying in a podcast when we're 20, 21 years old, it's just, it, it, it's kind of crazy just how, how much that shows about society. And I, and the reason I'm using this is like a segue to cancel culture, which is something I've been, which is something that like been very apparent mm-hmm. past, past year. Um, and I was just thinking like, even like before getting on this podcast, I was thinking to myself, all right, what can I say? What can I speak about that? You know, if this, if I say something now, it won't harm me like 20, 30, 40 years down the yeah. road. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so it's kind of crazy that, that like you have to think about that, but maybe that's just part of like being a responsible adult and, you know, just, just being smart about it. But at the same time, I feel like even if someone made a mistake now, especially with everything being recorded and everything's out there, you know, it, it, it harms, it hurts you even more to make a mistake now uh, than it did maybe like, I think like 30 years ago. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's uh that's very prevalent nowadays. You see with, um, like you said, with cancel culture, you know, on Twitter, you'll see that a lot with a, um, a public figure for the most part. So we're not, I believe I'm not there yet, so I'm okay. I'm, I'm not as afraid, but there's I mean, a lot. Know, the quarantine chef. The quarantine <laughs> yeah, exactly. The quarantine <laughs> chef. That guy is really, really out there about his take. <laughs> well, he's, he might get canceled soon. But, you know, I mean, in all seriousness, the, the, um, the fact that I have to make that disclaimer speaks to the um, kind of the tentative nature of words. Um, and like, as we've seen, and like I said, with cancel culture, but also with, um, just ideologies nowadays, we, we kind of have to, we have to make sure that we're not, we're abiding by the rules. You know, we have to make sure that we're not exposing, um, aspects of our lives that, you know, may harm us, like you said, or may, uh, ruin our futures, be it, um, you know, in the job market, you know, there's a lot of situations I've heard about um, with 
people on their social media platforms, you know, posting something that they, I mean, they, they don't, like I said, I don't a hundred percent standby, but they're, yeah. they're just joking. Maybe you'll see that on Twitter, like 2012, like 2013, you just see some idiot tweets and Facebook posts that kid, that people were making then that <clears throat> nowadays they look back and they think, Oh, I was fucking stupid, but it's not, but it, they, that's it. That's the end of it. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be the career defining life defining moments when we don't, um, you know, a hundred percent take ourselves seriously. And that's not, that's fine. I'm fine with not taking myself seriously all the time. This is kind of the point of the podcast is like, I can, I'm a hundred percent down, um, and willing to invest in a, in a serious conversation and a, in discourse, but I also just love shooting the shit. And that is so much fun because you don't have to say everything that, I mean, there's a lot of things that you just don't have to be um, worried about. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely worried about, or even you don't have to be fact checked. You don't have to be, um, you know, what's the word? It's, it's like not offending anyone, you know, politically correct in a sense. I mean, there's, there's obviously like certain, I was, I mentioned this in an earlier episode about the fact that I, I mean, for them, when it, what I think of political correctness, there's kind of the, a few, um, the main or the, the original kind of things that you couldn't say, um, yeah. because in the end, they're not right. But there's, as I've um, kind of learned more, and as I've been in college more, and I've read more things and, and experienced Twitter, really, you notice <laughs> that there's a lot more about uh, to political correctness that we have to um we kind of have started to abide by and it's not that fun and it's no i mean that worth it either and i yeah it's it's kind of like kind of like thinking just what's what's behind politically correct like what's the push for that um and like and like how far does political like who one who defines politically correct and two how far politically correct goes I mean, I completely agree, and I shouldn't. There's stuff that, that shouldn't be in our language, in our culture, in our society, because it just brings everyone down. And, and, and we have to abolish that. Uh, just like how we use derogatory terms, how, how derogatory terms exist uh, against certain groups and people. It's, I mean, those are obviously language and words that we want to get rid of our vocabulary. So I understand, you know, not trying to say those words yeah but but it's kind of like but sometimes i it's like on twitter and tiktok you see like political politically correct going even farther than that and it's like it's like who's to say when something is too far who what's to draw the line between somebody it literally just i mean most of the times joking around yeah or just or just shooting the shit versus somebody like you know, that's something that actually should not be said. Yeah. Well, that, that's like the weight of our words, you know, that the, the consideration that when you say something, you can always be offending someone. It's kind of the ideology. Yeah. And, yeah. and when you ask, like, who decides what political correctness is, it's come to be that it's, it's, the, oppre- it's the oppressed groups, in a sense. It's those yeah. people that, who um, can be made fun of for whatever reason. And yeah. honestly, when I think about who can be made fun of, everyone can be made fun of. But yeah. it, then there's situations where there's people deciding 
for other groups. So you'll see, for example, mm. on Twitter, um, I don't want to like overstep on this, this, again, I have to do this disclaimer, but like the overgeneralization that a lot of white women in academia will start speaking for um, African-American and um, other, and, and other oppressed identities that uh -huh. <laughs> be it an LGBTQ, um, or I, I can't think of the top of my head of other ones, but, and other races as well, I think they, they try and speak for them. And that's yeah. never, ever, ever been like a good idea. No one's ever yeah. wanted anyone who isn't a part of them to actually speak for them. And yeah. when I think no, of- it's, 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 if I could just jump in there, it's, yeah. that's a really interesting point because like, I was just reading this book. It's uh, called Skin in the Game. Okay. Uh, I forget who's the author. Great book. But it talks about the idea of skin in the game and it relates that to talking about issues that you may have no skin in the game on. For example, like political pundits talking about, um, I don't know, talking about an issue that they A, have never experienced or B, have no skin in the game for. Absolutely. Or it's like economists talking about this, about this specific stock or that specific stock, but they have no interest in it. So they're just speaking whatever they want to speak. Yeah. So it's kind of like the idea of, of, uh, of skin in the game is like these, as you said, like academia professors who haven't experienced that won't have to deal with the repercussions really of that because they live in a completely separate community talking for a different community. Mm -hmm. um, and influencing that in ways that they just simply uh, maybe don't understand. Yeah. And actually, now you, you reminded me of another, of a book I just started reading recently um, by this psychologist. He's a professor at Concordia University. His name's Gad Saad. He's, he's fucking awesome, actually. <laughs> he's been on Joe Rogan. Gad Saad. Gad Saad. He's a... He's a professor, like I said, but he, uh, he's appeared on Joe Rogan a number of times, but he's, and he's just written this book called parasitic, uh, the parasitic mind, how I, how infectious ideas are killing common sense. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty early on in the, in the, um, in the book, but he kind of, he talks about first off his main two ideals, which are freedom and truth and going back to like political correctness and having to give disclaimers to our speech and having to think of the words we say without having to offend someone um, that comes into this whole lack. I mean, it, it, it starts to address freedom and that is that we, and actually truth as well, but first with freedom, it's that with in the United States, the first amendment freedom of speech, we're allowed to say whatever the hell we want without getting prosecuted. Yeah. That has slowly, to an extent, yes, but it's slowly deteriorated. That is slowly changed. Not deteriorated, I wouldn't say. I mean, I'd say deteriorated actually, because with political correctness, cancel culture, anything you say that can offend someone or even just piss the wrong person off, you, yeah. can, get, you can get fired, you can get yeah. banned off social media, you can be ousted in your society, you can be uh, just, looked down upon that is I mean, like yeah. made amongst your friends made feel terrible like that is it's really feeling this this separation from society despite that uh one of the amendments is that we can say whatever we want but without prosecution and that's just kind of gone away. it's slowly going away um and 
Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think though there's a key distinction to make is like yeah. the yeah. legal, um, the legal course, and also the the society and cultural uh, kind of decision, because because all those all those consequences, like one losing their job or whatever, all happens because the court of public opinion. Um, yeah. And so, and so it's kind of weird. I feel like in a way our culture is changing, but the laws may not be reflecting that. Yeah. Uh, that's just something interesting I just thought of. That's definitely true. And I mean, you hear, you hear now in, in the new kind of, not new, it's not new. It's new for me. I've been learning about it more and more. Kind of the way of thinking, I mean, in, and in college, I guess we see it the most, like there's a lot of anti-constitution people. There's a lot of people that want to rewrite the constitution or even just <clears throat> delete and start over because it doesn't reflect our society. They, at least that's what they believe. And yeah. I, I would say, I would agree with you in that it doesn't entirely reflect our society, but it, it reflects it better than what I could have imagined something that existed a couple hundred years ago and was written a couple yeah. hundred years ago. And it's still somehow applicable today. That's pretty fascinating. But yeah, going back to the whole freedom of speech thing, we're still a consequence to our actions. That, that amendment doesn't speak to the fact that like you can say whatever you want and there's no consequences. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. There's, there's still consequences to your, to your actions. And that is that, like I said, fired and whatever else in society and whatever. And these, these pretty extreme um, consequences sometimes for some of the, like what seems like quite harmless. And, or for example, recently we saw, um, I've been seeing on Twitter, like, Amy Coney Barrett said sexual preference. Bro, like, that was, a th- that's a, that was something that I'd been hearing for, ye- for many years leading up and had been hearing in the, like, this year. And all yeah. of a sudden, just because she has a position that is opposed to what, um, I guess, a lot of Twitter I see nowadays, which is kind of a, a far left, and she's more yeah. Republican, far, more on the right, they just it's it's that's just like speaks to polarization right there. That's just I'm hating you because I hate you. I'm not hating you because you actually said anything wrong. And that's and like and then it's twisted and there's this there's this whole like they were saying how it's offensive because it implies that sexual sexuality is a choice. And I don't know. I don't know that it is or isn't a choice. I'm yeah. not saying it is or isn't. I'm saying why fuck that much with words to just get at someone. Um, and I, I don't, and that, and that speaks again to like that disclaimer I've had to make. And like the fact that I I still feel like I have to direct my words in a way that I'm, I'm just missing people that, um, may be triggered by, by what I say. And going back to this whole parasitic mind thing is that there's a lot of, he talks about a big thing about his political correctness and how, um, he, he doesn't like it. Um, and that is because, yeah. because there's a lot of political correctness has started te- um, steering towards what he calls biophobia, which is like the fear of biology. And so, for example, with, um, he talks about like radical feminism, how there's, um, <clears throat> they have now chosen to um, refute the <clears throat> differences in, between men and women or male and female with like just 
with preference and just existence. There are two differences right there. Yeah. And obviously there's people that make choices based on, on their gender. And I don't think, I think that is considered a choice. I'm not actually hundred percent sure about that, but yeah. talks about that's like one of them. And then there's another, I can't remember. It was like cultural relativism and there's another one. Oh, and postmodernism. And that's the yeah. kind of the newest way of thinking. It's the current way of thinking. It's kind of existed for, for a, a good while now, um, probably two decades, maybe even, I mean, I think it really in the nineties it started and it's kind of the, like, it's, it's deconstructing um, kind of everything, the enlightenment and everything that has existed before. So with uh-huh. that comes science, comes objective truth. And I've seen a lot of stuff recently that I said like science, scientific facts are a social construct. And when I think of that, I'm thinking of like what? Newton laws of gravity. Like how the fuck is that a social construct? <laughs> or like, I don't know, the like laws of physics or, um, you know, astronomy. Like where is the political agenda there that they're trying to somehow impose a bias or um, some, sort of, some sort of push to elevate their own agenda that is like being their religion or their race or their, um, their gender. Like if it, it's all like white men who are, cat, who are Christian, like that's yeah. apparently the only agenda that flies nowadays. I don't agree with that. Yeah. Um, and so in, in that, in that case, like, I don't, I'm just, I don't know. What do you think on that? What do you think of like postmodern? Cause it's kind of the idea of like deconstructing this stuff and also um, being able to question objectivity and saying that it's not, everything is subjective. Because I mean, I mean, I mean, the one ironic thing I'm going to say, I don't know if this is even irony. So, but uh, <laughs> it's, so it's like, the, um, history is written by the victors. So, in a way right now, there's so many competing forms of ideology yeah. uh, and beliefs, and we don't know which of those is going to come out as the winner. Um, mm-hmm. For example, like, I mean, if, if we end up, you know, maybe, who knows what's going to happen in the future, 100, 200 years, maybe 300 years, you know, political correctness has, like, exploded, and and it's everyone is like really politically correct and we and we believe a different history like how are people going to view us in 400 years what's going to be our history which is which is crazy to think sorry which is crazy to think because like i mean history is written by the victors so what everything we read now you know i wonder how life you know like would life have been different if another power if if somebody else came to power at that time like the winning so ideology. Like, winning ideology, exactly. Yeah. Like, would we would we have a democracy if the Roman Empire wasn't actually great? Yeah. What, what if it was like the Mongolian kingdom just lived on forever and the Roman Empire never existed? Or, or the Greece, I mean, the Greeks, that's where democracy yeah. started. But the Greeks, like, never really exist. What if they were slaves, you know? Yeah. So, no, that's, that's a good question. But I mean, I think I, it's hard to it's hard to redirect history going backwards because it's it, there's so many possible victors. Like you said, it's the winning ideology that that um, ends up being the history that we know the most about. Um, yeah, I think 
going forward, I've been, I've talked a lot about this with like other just friends in this, in these conversations, like, where is it going to go? Like, where is, is this, where is, is political correctness going to go? Is it going to keep going in this, in the spiraling hole that just keeps saying everything is based on your identity. That's a big thing. Postmodernism is, is the, is your identity is the driving force in your life. It's not how kind you are or how smart you are or how anything it has nothing to do with your personality it is purely on your gender your race your um <laughs> your sexual i i can't say prep orientation your it's everything that basically you considerably can't control um yeah. where you're from and these things and it's kind of that is like the worst i mean first off it's not, I mean, it is probably the worst thing you can do because it's, it's the least liberal thing. When you think of um, kind of the, the liberalistic ideologies, it's actually postmodernism falls heavily on that side. But when yeah, you think of the yeah. word liberalism, that's freedom. That's freedom of yeah. thought, freedom of conscience, freedom of, of um, actions, obviously with, with consequences, obviously, but you're still allowed to do what you believe and, and mm-hmm. think the way you think without without being um canceled really and this this is a a interesting point in this in this development of um of thought because i don't know because like right now i mean we're seeing a post it's post-modernism so it's it's after something like is there going to be a post postmodernism? is yeah. it going to be a a re-modernism is it going to be like yeah. another renaissance are we going to start yeah. realizing that um, maybe it's not all about the things you can't control, and but it's really about the things you can. Con- it's not yeah, about the things exactly. you can not what control. If, yeah, like about like what if we have another renaissance, another enlightenment? Yeah, but just you know, it, their society then sees a different, you know, sees a new, different kind of world. Like, yeah, and they they see us as idiots because we're yeah, like, why the hell were they so focused on this yo, shit? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, you know how they talk about like the dark ages being the middle ages. Yeah, when we become yeah. our our age becomes like the the, the evil age. There's some dark like shit. The, 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 the second ages. dark ages, or like <laughs> the, the identity ages, or something. Yeah. And that well, and there's another there's another well known book, or I, I would say pretty well known at least from what I've seen. It's called um, Cynical Theories, and it's how scholarships have become about race, gender, and something else. And it's basically, it's, it's all about identity and it's talking about, but it's, it's, it's deconstructing this, like these theories. Cause a big thing about postmodernism is a lot of theories have come out of it. For example, critical yeah. race theory, which um, yeah. has been, yeah, I heard about critical, yeah. yeah, which has been reframed as, as, um, as like racial diversity training, which is not first off racial diversity training has many routes it can take. And there's so yes. many ways you can go about it. And the fact that we're, cons- we're thinking that uh, critical race theory is the way to go is so small-minded. It's like, why don't we keep expanding our way of thought? Why don't we co- continue progressing yeah. and not making it all about our identities? And I'm, I'm not going to go into critical race theory because obviously I'm not, I haven't read enough about it. I just know about it. Yeah. And I've heard like the, the positives and I've heard the negatives and I've kind of made my or a, a superficial conclusion that is like, I just don't. I don't see it being the, the best solution to this stuff. But going back yeah. with like postmodernism, there's other theories. There's like gender theory and 
and um, and then there's like feminine studies, fat studies, and um, fat studies. Fat studies is a thing, and like like, <laughs> like 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 people who are fat, like studied about fats. It's basically yeah, it's about fat people. It's people who are heavy or no fucking way. Sta- no, bro, this is a real thing. Really? So I I don't know. So the guy, the guy, the people who wrote um, cynical theories, it's James Lindsay, who I told you about. Fat studies are a thing. Yeah, man. It's like, so, (laughs) and you see, you see this, they're pushing like an agenda that is, it's not a quality, but it's actually, I don't like, I mean, I don't want to play with this word, but equity and that it's the, the, the equality of an outcome. So that, that regardless of um your merits you're gonna get in with like because you're maybe you're you're this oppressed person and so you're allowed to be a part of of society i mean obviously everyone's allowed to be a part of society that's i never would say oh, otherwise. I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> are you are you reading listen, into this? I, I have not listened to anything you said in, no, in I, I, I don't blame you man it's from what bro, yeah, I can I've see your face. <laughs> bro, from what I've been listening or what I've been reading about fat studies, this shit is hilarious, bro. Yeah, no, so so remember I was talking about James <laughs> Lindsay? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wrote he and two other people, well for, well, he and Helen Pluckrose wrote these books, Cynical Theories. Oh. But so him and and then Helen Pluckrose and this guy Peter Bogosian, who's a professor at Portland State University, they basically for ten months wrote like uh, a whole career's amount of essays and would do, but would do it to do, like send these um, and basically or send these, these um, what were like considered uh, studies and they would make the, and they were totally made up with fake names and they would, but they would basically the way they wrote them, they would start with a conclusion. So for example, all men are rapists and then they would just build on that and they would just make shit up to go with it. And they had, I think, 22 essays, and they got seven were awarded. Seven, like, there's a series of things for for essay for for studies that you have to. Um, there's yeah. like a, a series of steps that have to make steps. it through. I think regulations, like, guidelines. Yeah, there's like a peer review, and then published, and then it, you can win an award or like considered oh, for an yeah, award. Okay. Oh, I see. I see. Bro, yeah. I think seven got published, and I think three got considered. I can't remember exactly. I don't. I don't want to. And these, wait, but, these were all joke things. That no, these wrote. were purely fake. They, they wrote a, a, uh, a study, quote unquote, of in Portland, Oregon, where they, <clears throat> where they went, they, they basically were this, this woman in a, uh, a dog park in Portland yeah. and spent like 10,000 hours, which I think is like six hours a day for yeah. a whole year watching um dogs and just these interactions between dogs and it was ba- and the the i can't remember the name exactly but it's like queer performativity and rape culture in dog parks in portland oregon and like <laughs> and basically the conclu- bro it, he, gets, it, it gets worse <laughs> the conclusion they came to was that basically men are like dogs and men need to and boys at at the elementary school level also they said, obviously they said they couldn't because it, it um, politically, it's like, it's not politically feasible to actually cha- or leash uh, boys and men, but rather to 
um, you know, tase them or, or, or train them like dogs to make them not rape people or rape other rape women for the most part. And people believe this shit. People believe this was Dude, true. No, this, this was considered for an award in the, I can't remember the name of the journal, but it's, it's this, um, it's the highest, it's like the, the best and most well-known feminist journal. It's like, it was for the 25th anniversary for this journal, they were gonna put they were gonna put like the twenty five best studies, and this one they considered the best reflected feminine studies. Like, bro, when you're getting to that point, when a fake study is getting all the way to the highest level of of that of that um branch that journal of academic writing, are you fucking kidding me? Like that is, I'm still. This was two years ago when they did this, and it's fascinating that they they've pulled this off. And it's Holy not that shit. big of a deal. And obviously, I mean, no one, like they go on these podcasts and they're going on re- either neutral or more right-sided podcasts because the left has not wanted to talk to them because, yeah. and that's a, like going back to like cancel culture. It's actually, it plays into that because when you, a big thing I've seen in arguments, like in college, I had some, I just kind of questioned something and rather than kind of coming back at me, I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not one big for arguments because I'm not, <clears throat> I wouldn't say I'm like verbally entirely equipped to always be able to stand by an argument because I'm also relatively open-minded, but man, oh man, when sometimes you would step on their, on their toes and they would just be like, I'm not even, you're white, you're cis, you're, you're, you know, you're privileged, you're so I'm not listening to you anymore. And that's kind of what they pulled with these people. And they, and they didn't, and I mean, it's, it's still, it's gotten quite no, I mean, Joe Rogan fucking loves these guys and they've done, yeah. and they did a great job. They're very intelligent people. They're, they, I mean, obviously they were part of academia for a long time. One's a professor, one's James Lindsay's like a, a physicist or has like a PhD in math and physics and Helen Pluckrose, who's from London and is like a great kind of cultural commentator, but also a, a, a thinker in that she she's been able to piece together like kind of these ways of thinking and really understands. Cause the big thing they did and they talk about it is that like, we did all the reading. So you didn't have to, we went through all the bullshit that, so you didn't have to. So with like gender studies, feminist studies, um, and fat study, and there's other ones, but like, I think it was also race studies as well. Like they yeah. infiltrated them with absolute bullshit and, and were highly considered, and that's and that just doesn't it hasn't gotten it's enough notoriety, obviously, but it goes to show that there is there's an agenda that's being pushed that does it doesn't matter how you get there, but just get there. You know, make your point, make a point that is agreeing with us, and yeah. we'll we'll support you. And like that, that's terrible. <laughs> that's not how it works. You see it in in all these other like rel- relatively normal um, areas of of study and in intelligentsia that they, they, they're considering all these, like as long as the study and the essays are well written, well done, well thought out, and there's, there's a logical conclusion and there's, it doesn't matter what the agenda is. It yeah. should be, it's as long as it proves something and it proves something of value, it, yeah. it, it will be published. It will be appreciated. And it yeah. like, I don't, I don't know how to, how to move on from this kind of, um, this kind of, I mean, I'm not necessarily move on, but also like I'm, I took a, I'm taking, I I've decided officially I'm going to take the next semester off as well. So I'm taking a whole year off from okay. college 
And Amherst is yeah. an incredibly liberal school. And that yeah. is a school that like you, I started because looking back, I kind of started to see what I was seeing um, on, on social media really. And in these conversations I've had with people, they, it's, it's like, how am I going to be back into that? How am I going to, and obviously I'm going to try and listen. I'm going to try and learn, but I also want to like fight back a little, and, yeah, but I can't do it alone. So I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know how it's going to happen, man. I don't know. What do you, what do you think on, on this whole thing? Um, I mean, like, so it's like, yeah, I mean, the same thing for me, it's like going back, it's just going to be really different. Uh, and really, I don't, I don't want to say weird. I think it would just be different, like, coming back to Amherst. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to go back next semester. Mm-hmm. Even if, because, I mean, I've just been hearing, like, the restrictions and the regulations. They the put totalitarian. It's so shit. It's so, it's so fucking oh, bad, man. Jeez. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know. Why do I want to spend the second semester where half of it, or three quarters of it, is just freezing weather? Stuck yeah. in the middle of nowhere yeah. in bumfuck Massachusetts. Like, no, I'd rather be in Western fucking Mass. New York City. I'd rather be in my apartment in New York City where even though it's going to be cold, there's still shit to do. Like, yeah. I'm working yeah. and I'm, I'm also studying at the same time. Mm. I'm paying my rent and everything. Um, so I think it's going to be so weird, you know, going back to Amherst. It's probably not going to be until next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, been, there's been a drastic change at least that I've noticed in the last couple months. I mean, obviously the the increase in in um, in in activism, we'll call it, and social justice activism specifically. In that, it's it's yeah. kind of pushed past its its um, its threshold because originally social justice activism was you know everyone should be treated like a person because everyone is a person. Because, you know, that's fucked up if you don't treat them pers- like a person. That's just a, it's, it's very simple. And the way they went about it, obviously, I, know, I don't know exactly, but like what I've heard wasn't the best. But now it's gotten to a point where it's, it kind of, it seems more of, I mean, it's actually, I've seen it like in, in you'll, you'll hear more of like socialistic ide- ideas and like this Marxist, neo-Marxism has really come back or I guess it's come into play a lot more. And, and like the fact that you're going after the entire system because you're not getting treated how you want to be treated is like, hold up a minute. Like, let's just, let's just deal with the people. Let's just deal with the people and the people in that system, not the system. Cause I mean, I think what has been achieved in, um, in the United States is fucking unsurpassable. It's fucking insane. Like looking at the bad stuff is bad. Don't get me wrong, but the good stuff is fucking sick. It's really cool. The things have been achieved, but like now there has to be a, there has to be a reevaluation of like values. Like let's, let's consider everyone when let's say you have a series of job applications, you don't have to consider them based on, you don't have to decide on like, oh, okay, he's white, give him to me. No, fuck off. Like he's, it's, it should be, and I think it should be like very egalitarian, but also a meritocracy. You know, you're, if you're good at what you do, 
and yeah. you're and we treat you as if you're also a human being, you're probably going to do pretty fucking good. And what we've seen a lot of is like, in, rather than that, it's we've just kind of, not we, but like there's an imposition of everyone get in no matter what. Everyone gets it because, you know, you deserve it. It's like, what did you do to earn it? I mean, there is, there is a way to get there. And I think that's where I'm like this whole getting back to like speculation of the future. Like, is it gonna, is it gonna turn into, yeah. social, is socialism going to become the new, the new fad is going to become the new um, kind of dominating. I mean, there are aspects of socialism that exist all throughout the world, but no, I mean, rarely. I mean, you should, man, as long as, as long, as long as that doesn't happen, you know, during my lifetime, I could give two shits what happens after I'm dead. Yeah, well, I mean, I, honestly, after like, we die, same, like, yeah, I don't like, at the same, like I, yeah, I worry about it, but then also I'm like, well, you know, if I can just wait till after I die, yeah, yeah, I, I don't care. But we're you twenty. Know, it man. is what it is. But we're twenty, and people are calling for the fall of capitalism and the fall of democracy. And well, that means people have been calling that shit though for hundreds. Yeah, they've of been. No, nah, they they were calling it. But then it came, it started first. Well, you've actually learned well, a lot been about the history. It since, like the, the since it started, yes, they've been calling for the end of it. People now it's gotten it first. It's with the fall of the Soviet Union. It was like, all right, didn't work there. Fuck it, let's try it in the U.S. But instead of doing it via the regular system, because they knew that we're fucking good at what we do, or not we, but they're good at what they do. They instead we, infiltrated fucking Americans. Yeah, fucking Americans. <laughs> Infilt they, they, they I don't want to say infiltrated, but like they they kind of stepped into the world of academia, and that's where this this kind of pushing to the left and farther and farther yeah. left, almost pushing to communism, has yeah. become much more standard practice in in the universities. And so it started in the sixties, and it's I mean that's sixty years in the making. That means that we're either at the peak or we're getting there or it's on the way down, but I don't see it going on the way down because of how, how much we've seen of, um, of these, of these, uh, increase in, in these ideologies occurring. So I don't know, man, <laughs> if, do you think, do you think it'll stay in our lifetime? Do you think we'll stay? I mean, do you think there's so many people that have said like the system needs to fall? The entire that we need an entire dismantling of the system of the United States, and we need to build it from the ground up again. And like, do you see that happening? Um, no, I mean, I'm just. I guess I'm being optimistic right now and saying no. I mean, a pessimistic person would say like, yeah, I think it's gonna happen. But I mean, I don't think it's gonna happen, man. I think, I think, I think these these ideas have been around for a while. Um, you know, they. They're not new. They're just, they take on different forms and they evolve. And also, I mean, we have a bigger population now than we did fucking in the 1900s and the 1800s. So, like, there's more people to take a hold of that uh, idea. Um, but, I mean, I don't think so. I think it's always just going to be talk and we're just going to have to move forward. I mean, I think it's going to be baby steps um, in how we advance to... to um, like, for example, even if, like, I think it's still, like, maybe another 20 or 30 years, maybe when our generation really is empowered to 20, 30 years, that, for example, like, free health care for everyone will be adopted here. In the yeah, we'll have more socialized uh, ideals. 
yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. But it, it's gonna be slow baby steps. Yeah. So I don't think it's gonna be like a sudden rush to fucking critical race theory being a top. Well, yeah. But I, I mean, I, I, I mean, if that happens, well, I hope I'm dead, <laughs> as I said. <laughs> I I I agree, and I I. I want to disagree in that I don't want to die obviously before this all happens. Cause I want to see a change. I'm very curious in what the change is. And mm-hmm. I think realistically, there's definitely, like you said, there's going to be a change and there's going to be baby steps. Cause that's kind of how, how the best progress is made too. I mean, there is, is incremental change being made that ends up looking more drastic over the number of years, but it was a series of, of movements and, um, and, and an imposition of ideas that started getting more and more prevalent. And then they finally started, you know, like, all right, let's implement this in government. So on that note, I want to move on from this. Cause I'm, all right, all right, I'm, I'm, good. I'm relatively in the middle on this thing. Cause I'm like, I'm scared of what could go wrong on the far left. I'm also scared. Obviously I've seen what happens on the far right. I mean, I haven't seen yeah. it. I've experienced it, but we've seen it in the history books. We've seen it both ways. And this way seems to be go- the United States way seems to be going the best. Um, so that's, yeah, that's all. We'll end that there. Um, right. but, um, man, I mean, what do you want to talk about next? <laughs> well, I was, I, we could, we could, um, jump back into the, uh, I mean, we can talk about like, I'll, let me talk about this parasitic mind thing because it's actually pretty interesting. He talks about freedom and truth and this whole thing of like looking for um, looking for the truth despite you know your your biases. And I think that um, when when you know studying anything, when learning also, it's there's obviously a it's it's very difficult to always be objective that is that's very because you have we have emotions we're thinking and feeling beings and so we we've been we're, we're very good at implementing both we're good at implementing one versus and just the other but um with this with this um uh this kind of movement away from genuine truth i'm just wondering like do you think this has nothing to do with like politics, but more with just the, the uh, prevalence of science. I mean, do you think we're going to keep, um, we're going to start going away from data. We're going to start going away from um, objectivity. We're going to start going away from science and like, what is, cause there's this whole thing of way of ways of knowing and these, these are other oh, I see, forms I see of what knowledge. You're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, like, what do you yeah. think? I mean, I mean, no, I don't, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen because like at the same time, I mean, I hope not yet. And at the same time though, we also are adopting so much more data, so much more technology in our everyday lives nowadays. Like look at where AI is advancing. And you know, I, I hate, I mean, like this is a whole, I mean, fuck it. We can get into a conversation and and then, and then end up talking about fucking, uh, I uh, fucking Wally and shit. But anyways, uh, um, <laughs> Wally. <laughs> I was trying to get a more or like Robocop or, or Terminator. Like again, it's like fucking Terminator. But yeah. anyways, going back to AI, I mean, I think you know there's gonna be a lot more acceptance of AI in in our lives. 
uh, more and more. And so I'm curious as to how that's going to actually impact our thought, you know? Yeah. How, yeah. Like, in a way, I feel like all of you, did you see the shows or the movie Social Dilemma? Yeah, yeah, I've talked yeah. about this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's hear, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I don't disagree with it. Like, I think in a way, <laughs> like, in a way, everything that's shown on advertising, on TV, on, is what people kind of like what they want us to see. And that influences our culture and that influences how we act. Yeah. Um, they influences how we buy, how we think, who we interact with, what we say. Um, so, I definitely think there's that, but I mean, I've kind of grown to accept it. Like, fuck it, that's part of life, you know? Like, like the, like your point, like your data's not private, your data's not safe. Uh, you know, they, they know everything about your life, about what you like to eat, what you like to buy, you know, all that shit. So you just kind of have to accept it and be like, fuck it. Yeah. Um, like, that's, that's how it is. And then just try to live your life. You know, fair. That's fair. No, that's totally fair. I mean, definitely that they do know a lot about us. I mean, it's actually there's a lot less that that the United States um, social media algorithms know than than in China, for example, where there's literally no regulation on this stuff. So they're miles ahead of us on data because they actually know everything. Um, they know well, that's everything. What that's, what I was, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if the Americans don't know it, then the Chinese are going to Chinese, know it. Chinese, no. Someone's going to know it. Some but, fucking Taiwanese hacker in <laughs> fucking Kyrgyzstan knows. I mean, there has, been, there has been also a lot of leakages we've seen in, in data through hacking and stuff. So what I would say about, like, the social dilemma was a bit – it was a huge, huge reality um, kind of smack in the face because – you know, you always see, like, we always used to talk about it. I remember, like, I remember having conversations of, like, you know, you email someone something or you search something up on Google and then you start getting ads for that search, be it, like, I started looking up for shoes and I started getting shoe ads or I looked up cleats and I was getting that or I was on Amazon and I started getting more Amazon ads. So that kind of stuff um, becomes, it was, it's, it was very real watching it in The Social Dilemma and they they definitely um, kind of uh, made me realize that there is, like you said, that they know pretty much everything that they need to know about us to keep giving us what I've actually come to realize is a constant confirmation bias. It's everything that you want to see, you're yeah, going yeah. to see. So it's constantly confirming your beliefs. And it's constantly confirming um, everything I mean, that you like want the to creation, hear. The creation of echo chambers. Yes, exactly. And it's, and it's, it's seeing these, like you see it on Twitter, like Twitter fights are so stupid because when there's two different sides of, of, of um, ideologies and they say like, Oh, well, how, why haven't you seen this guy? Well, it's like, cause all I see is the exact opposite of what you think. So I'm never, ever even going to consider it. And that's something I've seen in like playing into um, uh, the, like just current life is, is that we, <clears throat> we kind of, we've gotten so far from the other side that like when you do see it, it's like, oh shit, they're actually not that far off. You know, they're not saying that stupid stuff. They're actually saying reasonable things, but like you have to be willing to accept that 
you're not also hundred percent always right. And so going back to the social dilemma though, like it's made me come to realize, and I rather than what I disagree with you is that I don't, I haven't accepted it as like, uh-huh. it's, it's still, it's still kind of processing for me. Like I still use my phone a fuck ton. I still, you know, go on social media, but no, I, that's I kind thing, of though. direct I my it. ways. I accept it. I accept it that it's already out there. So fuck it. I'm still going to be going on social media. Yeah. Like, what else am I going to do? Like, all right, maybe I'm conditioned to be this way, but Hey, I'm the victim. All right. <laughs> no, see, that's the thing. That's where I disagree. I don't think it's a victimizing thing. I actually think we are still, I mean, we put ourselves in this situation. We started using social media. We had the choice not to. You now, think we're going to get out of social they, media? You think, you think we're going to stop doing, using social media? I don't think we're going to stop using social media. I just, I think we're going to come to realize that it's not real life for one. It's not the reflection of reality. And we're not going to, and I think instead of getting consumed by that, we should start going towards like act, like virtual reality is so much cooler than social media. It's so much cooler to be invested in a reality, a, a actual concept that tries to play on reality that is virtual and that is made by technology and AI. And what, what like they talk about in, so, in the social dilemma is they're just making a model of you based on your social media usage and your data. And that, yeah. and that's like, that's such a broad and vague model because they're just tapping into something that is like your persuasiveness and your, and what is your beliefs. And so it's like, and it's only, for example, on social media, on, on my social media, at least my explore page is covered with soccer shit. It's just like transfer <laughs> rumors, soccer highlights, random soccer videos, and anything related of the sort. So it's, yeah. That's kind of like, I'm fine with that. I don't give a shit. I love soccer, so I'll keep watching. And, it's, and it tends to be some sports, like other sports, like with basketball, a lot of hockey, rugby, baseball, anything that you can put in a sport, like as a sport, I'll just see it. And yeah. So I'm fine with that. That doesn't worry me much. But I, just, you know, like, I see it more with like going back to polarization. It's like people are, getting, are digging themselves a hole mentally and not getting out of it because they think they are so right they are so profoundly correct that no one can tell me otherwise. And that's the worst thing you can do to someone because then they're just dumb. They're not, they're not going to give themselves into learning. And then that's it. It's game over. And I, I, Bro, that's, I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. There's no, there's no discourse nowadays. No, there like, is discourse, no discourse. Like it, it just doesn't exist. Holy shit. I made this a song puppet. Yes, sir. A puppet. Woohoo! What's up, baby? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the podcast. Okay, context too- for all the podcast listeners, because you're going to be so confused. Yeah, this is a weird tangent. I, I made a sock puppet. <laughs> I made a sock puppet, and uh, now I'm using it. All right, now continuing on. Yes, there is no social discourse. I mean, um, what? What did I just say? No, there no. is no social discourse. There, civil yeah, discourse. there's no so there's no there's no civil discourse. It's just very much echo chamber. And as soon as an idea that's opposite to what you think is raised up in many circles, um, it just it just it just leads to yelling and ranting and not actual uh communic like communication. Like there's no no one yeah. learns from that's listening true. to the other side anymore. It used to be that that's how you learn and grow your ideas, and not anymore. Now it's just like, nope, you're wrong. Well, that's, that's right. Like, period. 
that's going back to the whole like the university issue with like there's this confirmation bias there that if you apply to our ideology then we're gonna let you in but if you don't fuck you get out of here you're worth like no that's not how that should work and that's why i like having this is a huge reason why i did this podcast because while with my friends i agree with a lot of what they say um but we have things we disagree on and that's totally fine and that's part of reality maybe in some of my friends i actually disagree with most things with them but we always have a reasonable conversation. We might end up shit talking each other because it's friends because we're fine with that. But it's, there's a level of understanding between the two or whoever it is really, maybe even like five people that at the end of the day, it's all love and that's not a problem. And so we, with like you were saying about the lack of civil discourse, it's when it comes down to someone I may not know. And that's kind of like where I want to see this podcast go is like, I start talking to people that, I may not entirely agree with, and I don't know very well. So I get to know them through this conversation and through oh, just pick the fucking pick the dude from the, just go outside, drive your fucking truck fifty miles at the first dude you see. Just ask. Just like, hey, you want to get on this podcast? Yeah, just do that. <laughs> and, and that's that's and your that's first random ass guess. <laughs> That's a possibility. Huh? I could definitely do that, but I just don't see. I want to do it with like people who. Who, for example, like I really want to talk to people at Amherst. I'm really interested in like the most like social justice warriors, people who are incredibly invested in like diversity, equity, inclusion, all that shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not shit, but it's stuff. And that yeah, stuff yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm interested in because being, um, you know, white and I mean, I am Latino and but like, you don't actually male. see yeah, white cis male and all that <laughs> shit. I mean, I, I, I speak Spanish fluently, but like, if you look at me, I'm not You're Latino white. and You're I'm white. white as fuck. So it's, fuck it's you hard for being white. Sorry <laughs> for being fuck white. You yeah. being white fuck me. Yeah. And it's, it's, but like going to, I mean, getting out that tangent, like why the fuck is that something that you can just automatically disregard in an, in an argument? It's like, oh, you're white. I don't need to listen to you. Who the fuck? When was that? I mean, obviously, when there was when there was racism and all this inequality in 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 discourse, there was like, oh, you're you're of a different color skin. You are not human. That's how it used to be. Now it's not. Now we're all people. So the fact that it's actually cool for people to say you know what, you come from a privileged, um, privileged society, you, uh, your opinion does not qualify. Like the fuck? That is probably the most frustrating thing you could say to someone because not only are you invalidating their thoughts, you're also yeah. invalidating everything about them. You're invalidating their soul identity, the groundwork that they laid on and then they try and build on. You t- I tried to build on this. I try and go up, but yeah. if you're telling me like, nah, Everything on the bottom, you you're worthless. Like what? Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, quick correction though. Like I get that, but quick. I mean, quick correction. Like I think. I mean, racism is still very much alive. Very much true. A thing. That's a hundred percent. And like there's there's inequality and all that. But yeah, I get your point about like just invalidating another person's thought or idea just because of their identity. Just because of their. Just because of their. Because like at the same time. Because, like, for example, at the same time, that argument, you know, you can't control where you're born into, it goes both ways. Like, 
you can you didn't control that you were born into a successful white but also Argentinian family. Um, you know, you didn't control it. You you couldn't control that. But at the same time, someone can't control it. They were born into a poor family in like Nigeria or or, some, no. or China or some or Taiwan or uh, Vietnam, something like that. And but um, why is that not allowed to be? Like, why would I not al- be allowed to even argue with them? Like, I'm I'm yeah, I'd be allowed to listen. Yeah. When it comes to these, when it comes to like the invalidation of these things is, is when it, it's when I, when someone, I mean, not me, cause I, it hasn't happened to me. I mean, it happened yesterday, but I wasn't like pissed off about it because it's, I, I've kind of come to accept it that your people are going to try and pull that. And I'm not going to like back off just on that, but it's when that happens to people and they're trying to have a discussion with someone who, for example, comes from an underprivileged family in Nigeria. It's like, how, how are you supposed to, ha- how am I supposed to learn from that person? How am I supposed to actually gain something when all I'm supposed to do is listen? And how are they supposed to learn? Like maybe they, I, they have something to learn from me. It's kind of the idea that like, there's nothing you could learn from me, but there's everything you could learn from them. And so only it's, it's the, like, I don't like kind of using the analogy, but like it's reaching down and grabbing instead of reaching up and like picking the app. It's, yeah. it's, and I'd rather have like just kind of reaching to your sides, reaching to your brothers and sisters and just being able to keep having these conversations that, that aren't from the same perspective and you're coming to different conclusions, but you're learning. That's the goal. I mean, I, I always yeah. want to learn. I, come, I yeah. came out to this ranch to learn a whole new lifestyle of yeah. agriculture, but also dealing with cows and dealing with um, <laughs> and dealing yeah. with the land and the cows and the kind of, and also a lot of mechanical work. Um, Do you know what I mean? Is like a lot of is steak big there? You get like steak three is, steak. I mean, it's common. They don't have it all the time. And there's incredible amounts of steak in the freezers over here. Um, and I've, I've cooked like once, but I'm, I'm, I hate wait, asking. Wait, is there Uber Eats? Is there Uber Eats? No, bro. There's no DoorDash. <laughs> there's no Uber Eats. I'm 30 minutes from the nearest municipality. And then it's, and it's 50,000 people. It's called Casper, Wyoming. Casper, state of Wyoming, and it's it's the second largest. Got fifty thousand people. I'm thirty minutes from it, and I live on a fucking ranch. So no, there's no DoorDash, there's no Uber Eats, there's no Postmates, there's no Delivery Express. So that's I I, I cook entirely for myself unless I get invited um, up to one of the family's house or to one of the family's houses. Or I've I've gone out to eat like twice, which is nice. I've gotten five guys, and I've also gotten. Um, this place called Don Juan. It's it's like a Ooh. small um, Mexican restaurant. Well, I love it how there's Mexican food even in fucking. I know, Hawaii. I know. No, there's a ton of Mexican food here. I don't know why. I mean, I've seen when I was in. I'm only only when I was in Don Juan, I saw like Spanish speaking people. I was like, huh? <laughs> they exist. Like they're here. I didn't know. They're here. Wow. Yeah, so that I mean, and that's that's a big thing here. Like in in Wyoming. Oh, well, first off, back home where we live. And also at Amherst, where we go to school, those are two very incredibly liberal—not liberal in like the—they're on the all on the left. Obviously, Amherst yeah. is kind of more that, but they're also liberal in like there's a lot of just um, like there's incredible diversity. There's also incredible um, understanding between people. There's it's it's very humanistic in that sense. I don't want to say that the conservatives aren't humanistic because it's just an alternative way of thinking. But here, 
Wyoming is an incredibly conservative state. I think it's like red when you do the, the whole map thing. Like there's the swing states, there's the blue states, and then it's red. And this it really is one of those. And this is, I think you'll see it's, it's a red state. It's pretty easy. So that's like when I'm thinking of voting, I'm either, I think I'm going to do absentee ballot and like weigh in on, you know, the, or I, I don't know though. Cause like some people just don't like, for example, on this ranch, Everyone thinks Trump's a fucking Yeah, idiot. Wyoming's red. But yeah, Wyoming's red as fuck. <laughs> but, like, a lot – a big thing I've seen in, like, when the discussions about, like, the presidential race is, like, bro, Trump is a fucking id. Like, no one likes him. They don't like him here. They don't think yeah. he's actually, like, that good. And they also hate the way he speaks. They hate the mannerism he has. And they just hate, like, a lot about him. And yeah. um, so that's – it's pretty interesting. But I was going to say, like, the, the differentiation – with um, the lifestyle I had and the ideologies I had um, in other other places like home, like outside or Maryland, DC, Virginia, and um, and then also Massachusetts, it's really interesting to see a difference. Obviously, I'm only seeing like ten people a day, but like yeah. those ten people, I have like deep ass conversations with them, and yeah. I've and I've had these like discussions of like of um kind of for example like homosexuality that's still like a pretty touchy subject here which is pretty interesting to see like i now no one that i know back home or at school like gives a flying fuck they just they appreciate it they're supportive of it but like at the end of the day i don't care if you're in um your lgbtq plus or your your cis or whatever you're still like one of the homies and that here it's, there's a, there's like a, for example, um, the word, the, the other F word is like, just gets tossed around and there's, and like, that's, that's like probably the worst, the lowest level that, that can be gone and they will go. And then it'll go to like, but then for example, like jokes, we were talking about jokes earlier. There's a lot of jokes being made, period, here. There's always, like, jokes are flying left and right because it's, like, how you get, o- get over the ranch life because it's yeah, not an easy yeah, yeah. life. And yeah. so there's, there's a lot. I feel like it's lonely. It, it, I mean, it can get lonely. You, like, for example, this, one of these guys, Kevin, he's been do- working on the tractor for the past three days, and all he does yeah. is plowing. And so he drives on one side of the field, turns around, goes back, goes, turns around, and, he's dr- and he does that all day. So he's alone the entire day. Yeah, And like, I was rolling up wire for <clears throat> like five, no, I was rolling for like 10 days alone. I would just go out every day, come, coming back, like only would come back to have lunch and then go back out to roll more fence. And so these guys, they have, they have a pretty conservative style because they also like, they're not involved in politics and they're not always reading on, they're not on social media for the first part. So like the social dilemma does not apply to them. You know, they're not, they're not small-minded people, which is really cool to see because the, what I've learned and what I've heard a lot is like, and in, in these, in back home, I guess at school is like conservatives are automatically racist, automatically homophobic, automatically a small-minded group of people, automatically yeah. stupid. They're just knuckle. What is it they call knuckle draggers? I thought these guys here said that I was like, that's pretty funny. Um, and that's and like, they're not, they're, they're very open to conversations. <laughs> I present, I present them with like an alternative way of thinking and they're, they're not shooting it down. 
because yeah. we're actually intelligent people. And, and it's not like, it's not like a fun realization. It's just true. And there's a lot of people like that. There's also a lot of idiots. There's a lot of idiots in every part of the world and every yeah. part of the country and that's inevitable, but it's, it's kind of, <clears throat> it's, it's a relief that, especially where I'm working and living, it happens to be that these people are very well educated, but also very well thought in that they, if you present them with a reasonable and, and logical and also like well kind of rounded enough um, position. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, they may, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like then those, in those areas or those circles, uh, social discourse is alive, but only in like, very special circumstances. I mean, the owner of this ranch went to Amherst, and that's that's how you were able to connect with. Yeah. Him. No, that's actually, that's actually funny. I didn't actually dis. I didn't actually connect with him via Amherst. It was my cousin. Oh really? Or my dad. It's it's my dad's cousin's son. Is how it works. I don't know what that relation's called. What? If oh, somebody who's okay. listening could name it, I would fucking love that. But I don't know what it's well, called. I call down my below. cousin. Make sure to yeah. like and subscribe. <laughs> Yeah, know what it is. That too. Smash that like button and <laughs> tell us in the comments what uh the what cousin, that relationship is. What that relationship is. Yes, but so that's how that's how I got in contact with this guy, and this guy even actually went to Amherst, and his dad went to Harvard, and the grandfather went to Harvard, and um his uncle went to went to another very like these are very intelligent people. They went to good schools there, and they're well learned, and they. Um, and they even still disagree with what they've like, for example, um, the guy, Chris, who was the guy I got in contact with, hated it. (laughs) He did not like it. And, and then the guy, and I was talking to his dad, he hated Harvard. They both took time off because they were like this. I know I don't like this because they didn't like the, it was compressed. Like for example, at Amherst, it's very woody here. It's like flat i mean there's mountains but like for the most part it's vast as fuck so they they have they they didn't like that for one but they also didn't like the amount of people the amount of different ideologies going thrown around and also like different kinds of people they just those it wasn't even that they were different kinds of people but those different kinds of people weren't very cool they weren't very nice or whatever so that's that's a whole thing in of itself but they still they got there and they did well there and they came back and are still doing well so that's it's it's something that like i appreciate there is discourse that's my in the in the end game it's that there is discourse but like you said it's very limited it's minimal and there's not and for the most part it's confirmation bias left and right i mean these people agree with each other for the most part so they they're gonna say kind of what they want to each hear and but when someone like me comes in and i start talking about different stuff and they're like hold up a minute let me let me like run it back for a second and actually listen to this. And they, they're, they're very yeah. open-minded in that sense. And that's awesome. And I love that. Um, but I just wish, I wish more people were like that, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. How's New York, man? <laughs> well, New York is crazy, man. It's been a trip to move here. Um, it was fucking wild. It was like, so I was working the U S open mm-hmm. for, uh, so I was working the US Open for like three weeks and then I went home. Uh, and then I was like, nah, fuck home. Too many issues there. And then decided to come back up to New York City. 
So I found my my apartment and I also got a job that same weekend that I moved in. It was so chaotic, bro. It was like, because I was trying to hurry up the realtor so I could sign the lease, but I could immediately move in because I came up on a Saturday. I decided an apartment on Monday and I want and I started work on Wednesday. So, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so so I was like uh so like I had to and I wanted to move in on Tuesday so then you know I'll be ready for work on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't able to move in until Wednesday at eleven AM I moved started moving in the bed and shit. And and I had a class at two o'clock, so I had to build the bed real last quick between eleven and two, <laughs> and then and then I had to sit in class from two to four, and then I had work at five. So like, I was trying to build this bed before two o'clock and put on mattress on it, so like when I came back from work, I would have a place to sleep, like at least a fucking, you know, mattress I could sleep on top of. Yeah. And so I was trying to do this all while like listening to the class. And this professor, like it's it, this professor, it's like a small ass class. There's like, like eight kids in this shit. It's a research seminar, so it's like the worst one to try to like not be present. Yeah, skim by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like the other, it's not a big class. So it's like people like she will see you. Just you have to participate too. Have, yeah. So like. It was just a fucked up. Uh, it was just such a stressful week. Yeah, that um, sounds but, chaotic. Yeah, but then, uh, but then things. I mean, then everything just came along really nicely. That's good. Yeah, so I've been here like three. I mean, I basically my room's done. Like I was able to get these blinds, like these, because one side of my window is just like almost just a. I mean, one side, one side of my, one of the side of my walls. Mm-hmm. I'm making any sense. Yeah, yeah, first you cut out, so it, it was hard to keep up. But now it, it's one oh, side yeah. of the walls is entirely windows, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just an entirely a giant window. That's a wake up right there, man. If you don't oh, have you blind. really get waked up, but yeah. I, I mean, I yeah. But the thing is, I like to wake up early anyway, so this, I don't know. that's good. But I got these like rolling, sh- um, rolling blinds that I can just roll down straight, so then I can have a projector shine onto it from that side. <laughs> you have a projector. Yeah, so that's what I'm. I just ordered it. Uh, oh, it's coming yeah. in. That's really cool, though. Yeah, and I'll so then, uh, yeah, I mean, I was gonna like, I was hoping to do study abroad in the next semester. Um, to like Spain, I wanted to go to Australia, but then Australia got canceled. Now I want to. Then I want to go to Spain, but I don't think it's gonna happen, bro. I don't think like, abroad is gonna happen at all. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's gonna happen. So. Um, so I'm just, so if I was going to go abroad, I was just going to sublet this apartment, um, for the months I was gone. Uh, but now, I mean, now I'm just here, I'm going to experience New York City. Yeah. I mean, how, all year. how is, um, yeah, that's good that you're going to experience it all year, but how is, uh, how's the lifestyle there? I mean, obviously being back home, you were, you're an only child. So you, you live with your parents and you kind of had a hectic hectic lifestyle there with the imposition of parental figures. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how you, why you got away from it. And what's the, how has that been? I mean, obviously you've been to college, but like 
this is college is not real life at all. Like being being in real life, like I have to like I, I have to work to pay the rent. Like I don't work just so I'm spending money. I don't actually have to like if I didn't work or I would not be able to pay the rent. Like I'll be mm-hmm. homeless. So so like it's just the addition of that huge responsibility in your life, it like kind of changes how you act, what decisions you make. Um, and also just how much, like, how much, like, how mature you have to be. Um, yeah. Like, it really hits you. Like, you can't just be, like, a kid anymore. You can't just be, like, acting like you're in college because um, it's very different. Um, but I've really enjoyed it. I mean, I've really enjoyed the independence. I mean, I started skateboarding, still learning. Heck. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not a skateboarder at all. I'm a fucking noob. Yeah, but, but you're getting there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's because I, like, so I surf, and it's kind of like the balance is already there. I just got to get the the fundamentals, the technique right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I've been doing a lot of, like, also Uber, deli- Uber delivery, like, for Uber Eats delivery. Oh, on the uh, skateboard? Cause you, yeah, because you can sign up as a uh, Uber Eats delivery person, but only somebody does walking. Uh, so, so I um, I, uh, so all the orders I get whenever I do it are for like local area, like it's like a twenty minute walk or something like that. Mm-hmm. But with a skateboard, it just goes by so much quicker. It's like ten minutes walk. So then I'm, I like like in two days I made seventy dollars in three hours worth of work time. That's quite so, good. Yeah, so it's 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 decent. So I've been doing that also on the side, and that's just fun because I get the skateboard everywhere, and it's just. I just love being in the city. Like the the energy of the city. Like I have so much more energy here. Like if I think if, if I was stuck in that farm, no offense, I would I would go. I would have no energy. I would go crazy. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a bit about the lifestyle here. I mean, you. I have to get up early regardless. Um, days are usually from eight to twelve, and then from twelve to one I have lunch, and then from one to five we work again. So that's, it's an eight hour day, nine hour day, if you count the lunch. Um, and that's just, that's, it's exhausting, man. <laughs> it is, it is really tiring. And so like today I, we left at seven to go an hour. There's these like two areas of land they have. They have the main ranch and then they have this, it's called yeah. the summer country or up top. That's what we refer to yeah. it. And it's an hour away. And I think of, of the hour drive, um, 10 minutes of it are on concrete yeah. road. The rest of it's on dirt <laughs> roads, but like they're obviously well, like paved well, dirt roads. Yeah. Well yeah. made <laughs> dirt roads. They're like not paved, but paved if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, it's compact. But, but yeah, yeah. 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 So it's, so like we went up top today compact. and that was, yeah, very compact, <laughs> but um, we had to leave at seven. I've had to leave at six. I've had to leave at five. So I've had to wake up at obviously four five or six or, and I usually wake up at seven. So it's, that's a big thing though. I've seen in change. Like you were saying, you like to wake up early. I hate to yeah. wake up early. I hate alarms. Yeah, you, do. you hate waking I up. I love just waking up when I wake up and then just like sitting in bed for a little bit and then getting up. I like the slow process of coming into consciousness. Yeah. When I, when I the like, or no, well, when I've been working, um, or as long when I've started working here, I've noticed a very gradual and very difficult, but, but 
um, dramatic change in my, uh, my sleeping habits. So like I go to bed at, I go to bed at like nine, 10, sometimes 11. Um, and I'm usually sleeping. And that really improves your mental health. Like, I believe so. Have you you seen a change? Have you seen a change in that you're more like more energy or more happier or something? Um, at first, so at first I, I feel, at first, at first I feel like it hits you hard. Yes. No. So at first it was a, it was a very significant change for me. So it was an adjusting period. I think I'm still in the process of going from the adjusting period to the next step. Um, I think I'm in that, I'm in the, like the better half of that adjustment period. I'm on, I think I'm over the, like the peak of it because I remember days I was just pissed. I (laughs) fucking hated what I was doing. And like, I wasn't, I was obviously, no, no, no. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't go that far to say like it was that bad. It wasn't that yeah. bad. It was never terrible. There were just situations where I would get, I would trigger myself to get so damn mad over nothing, like little things. For example, dealing with cows, I'd lose my freaking <laughs> mind. There's you yell such, at the cows? I, I like verbally abuse the cows. I verbally. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would verbally. I would, if I saw a fat cow, I would be like, "You fucking." They're all fat cow. <laughs> no, no. But if one was especially fat, I would be like, "You're obese." I would just verbally abuse them. Well, that was that was kind of like my that was kind of a big thing for me then. It was I was just ripping into these fucking things, and like also <laughs> I was like uh, rolling up fence, old fence, and like it's barbed wire. So it's going to catch on your clothes. And I got like, I ripped my jeans. I've ripped my shirts. I've ripped my jackets. I've ripped my, uh, I ripped my hat somehow. And like, what? so it, did you it, ever like, cut yourself? Cut myself. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. If you could see the amount of cuts on my forearms that I have, because some days I'd wear short sleeve shirts and I had cuts on my neck. I had cuts on my stomach. I've had cuts. I've cuts Damn. on my legs. I wear jeans Damn. and I have cuts on my legs. So it's, it's not, it's not easy by any, by any means. So obviously I needed to adjust and I knew I needed to adjust before I got here, but I think it was much more drastic than I expected, but I definitely have seen a change and I definitely come to appreciate that. I knew I was going to appreciate some change of myself and my personality and my way of life. I just didn't know how I didn't know in what way and how it was going to happen. And it's been difficult um, to say the least. And I think I'm still, there's still a way to go until I get there. And that's why I'm happy I'm coming back in the spring because that's going to be a grind. Like they said the whole month of May, which still I have to get there. I I get there in like end of January or middle end of January. So I still have to be working that whole time. But the last month I'm there is the hardest fucking month of the entire year. Not in that it's actually like a difficult and uh, I mean, it's very physically difficult, but it's not like it sucks. It's a lot of fun. The, it's branding season, it's irrigating season, and it's um, and it's you get to brand cattle. Yeah, there's a ton. I've yes, already done the branding process, but the part of what branding is is you have to. It's not just like branding. It's they have to. So there's two people roping them, and then I yeah. have someone who it has been me recently, has to run over to this calf or this <laughs> cow. You go over, you grab by the tail, and you just pull as hard as you can on the on down, and yeah. the calves can weigh. So the, the, these newborn cows, uh, relatively newborn cows, I mean, I think they were like a couple months old. They were 200 pounds. Jesus. No, that's not, <laughs> it gets worse. Um, so then there's, then there's like mid, basically the full-sized calf before being a cow. 
is, uh, is about 550 pounds. And those boys uh-huh. are the ones I've had to body them. I've had to wrestle those the most. Because we so do. Wait, why do you pull them down though by their you tail? Pull them down because once because they're bucking, they're fighting the whole time. Once they're get once yeah. they get roped, they get roped yeah. around the neck, and then they yeah. get roped around the back leg. So then you can it's easier to take them down. But once you yeah. get them down, you have to. I have to jump over to the top to their upper body, grab on the top arm. Be let's say if they're on the side on their left, I grab the right arm or right leg, and then I put my knee on their th- on their neck because they're they're first off they're incredibly strong animals and they have an incredibly yeah. high threshold for pain. So yeah. I didn't at first I thought like oh shit I don't have to put too much weight because it's a yeah. throat, but no you got to put all your weight on there and then you have to pull Easy. back as far as you can on the, for leverage so they don't when they fight you have them. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's real wrestling it's it's all about technique. Um, Bro, this is crazy, it's man. Crazy. And they, they, Bro, they should do a WWE episode. <laughs> just WWE, just two guys versus a calf. Bro, bro, remember the Rick and Morty episode? I think it was from uh, Interdimensional Cable 2, where it was like man versus car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always car wins. Man, it's like, oh, oh, man, fighting back. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, and it's just car, like the wheels the keep water. rolling, and then it just <laughs> the wheels his body apart. Yeah, oh. it's like that kind of shit where it's like he's not going to win. But in this mm-hmm. case, obviously, it's three people. We have ro- They have ropes. The people who are roping are also – they're cowboys. They're on horses, and these horses are like 1,000 to 1,300 pounds. So they're up there. And, um, and uh, so, yeah, it will, that's – so a big thing about May, what I was going to say, is like it's branding season, and so that's a big thing. And, and they, do, they brand like 100 cows a day. So it's it's like there's five groups and they're doing like Bro, twenty cows each. Are you wrestling hundred cows a day? No, because like I said, there's five groups and there's twenty cows oh. each. So I'm wrestling like twenty cows a day. And that's basically what's going to end up happening. They I'm just men- like as of now, I'm just mentally preparing for that. But I've also got to mentally prepare for the rest of this term until right before Thanksgiving, and then yeah. once I come back. So in kind of re- going back to your your question of of like, have I seen a change? Yes, but I'm very interested <laughs> in where it goes because there's a yeah. lot of change to be made. So it's pretty, pretty interesting. I'm excited. I mean, both of us, you know, both of us are in, in, in new environments. Um, and we're both like learning and seeing how that change uh, is affecting us, you know, and then affecting both like what our ideas are about the world, how to interact with people, you know, how to be independent. Uh, you know, I think we're just lucky that we both had the opportunities to be able to explore this. I, that's the way yeah. I see it. Even yeah. though, like, like sometimes you may be like all negative. Oh shit! Like, why am I doing this? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like, you have a unique opportunity in front of you. Um, that's like the way I see it. Uh, so yeah, I'm really happy Thank with you. most of this. With no, both, I am happy both, too. With COVID. I mean, at, when I when this all started, I was like, man, I don't want the fucks. I thought I was going back to school in the fall. I was really optimistic at first. That's yeah. been changing very yeah. rapidly. Like, that changed a lot very quickly yeah. for me. It was kind of like when they canceled soccer, everything changed for me because I knew I wasn't going to go back to campus. Well, we, were we, were, we, were, we, we were training. We were training. We were grinding. <laughs> grinding. I was yeah. ready. I was, get, I was at like the, the next – Basically, I was about to break the threshold of like peak fitness, and then it all stopped at once. And it was, 
and it all went to shit really fast. And I, I stopped altogether. I mean, I kept working out, but I stopped um, soccer altogether right then and there. I mean, I played like three more times before I left, but after that I was like, I'm focusing on what I'm going to do this fall, just this fall, because yeah. I knew I wasn't going to come back. I, I didn't think yeah. – it wasn't a solidified position, but I just kind of saw it coming. And I'm really glad that it's worked out um, this way. I'm really interested where it goes. And I'm, I'm so – for you especially, when, before I saw you – or, like, when I saw you, those leading up, it was like, fuck this. And, like, you, you were doing work, but it was like – you were happy to see us, but it was like – it was the release of, like, being home. And then yeah. seeing you, when you went to New York, you were so excited. And then seeing yeah. this workout and seeing where you're at. You're living in New York, bro. You're in Brooklyn. That's so, or Brooklyn, right? Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. Yeah, Thinking, uh, that's Brooklyn. so cool. Yeah. What's the, what's the, what are the roads? Sorry. Can look uh, Myrtle Avenue, Broadway. <laughs> I'm Broadway. The <laughs> chef lives on Myrtle Avenue, Broadway. Yeah, man. But I'm, uh, that's, I'm that's right so in between. Cool. Right between the border, I'm right like on the border of Bushwick and Williamsburg. Okay. I work in so I work in Williamsburg, uh, Sunday in Brooklyn as a host. But then I live, I live like 20 minutes from there on the train. Okay. I can also, I can also skateboard there. It's like 30 minutes. Okay, that's good. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Here in New York City, I like, I, I don't mind walking everywhere. Like I can walk 10 blocks, like nothing. But as soon as I go to Amherst, walk into the fucking CVS, it's such <laughs> a bitch. Like, I hate that walk. And I don't get it. No, it's so, it's so yeah. whack. I think I would say a big part of that is the energy in the area. So, like, yeah. when you go to New York, it's hustle and bustle. It's like, get yeah. your ass out of the way or keep on moving. And yes, it's yeah. and that kind of motivates you. Obviously, that's not like the way we're thinking about it. We're thinking like, holy shit, New York. Let's keep walking here. Like, hey, Ooh. I'm walking here. Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> and that, that kind of makes it a lot more fun. But like when you go to Amherst, it's like, oh, I got to walk to Val. Oh, the Science Center. Oh, the gym. Yeah, oh, yeah. CVS. Oh, Hitch. <laughs> like all these places. It's like. They're not far. They're like five they're minute not. walks, ten minute walks. No, CVS is like a ten minute walk, and these are not <laughs> bad at all. If that, if, if that, that yeah. yeah. And like, man, it's when when you see that, that's a big reality check. I think like yeah. my willingness definitely to do things. Like a big thing at school, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't even my willingness to like get up it was my willingness to do something like yeah unless yeah. i had to do it so like i have to go to soccer i have to go to class and you don't even have to go to class i made that uh, yeah. <laughs> i felt like i had to go to class um i have yeah. to eat so those are kind of the main things and then like yeah, i didn't have to that, other than that it was like i'm just nothing i'm gonna play fifa <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna sit in my bed I'm going to chill. I might go upstairs. I might go downstairs. I'm going to go to a different room in the same dorm, but yeah. I'm not going. And then, or I'm going to go to a different dorm to hang out with someone. But for the most part, yeah. I wanted to. And it, yeah. like, but my prioritization of energy really dumbed down. And that's one yeah. thing I've noticed is different when I'm here. And I've seen with like you too, is that you're loving walking 10 blocks. Like if you were to tell me from Appleton to walk, to walk from Appleton to CVS, even from Appleton to the gym, which is the nearest yeah. dorm, yeah. 
there's just a fucking steep hill, I'd yeah. still be like, oh, <laughs> like I wouldn't want to. And it's and it's it's like nice, one separation of 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 college versus real life is like, holy shit, you have to walk there, like, or you yeah. have to get there, or you're gonna get fired. Like, I have yeah. to get up and be ready yeah. at a certain time, or I'm gonna get fired, and I'm gonna get sent yeah. home, and then I'm gonna be like, like I'm gonna be like, ass. I like, I have to. Like I have to go to class and then because I can't fail and then I have to go to work because I got to pay the rent. Yeah. And I have to get groceries because I got to eat. Yeah. And like I have to meditate to keep, uh, you know, my mind straight, you know, and it's like. It's all these things, things that like. Have. Yeah. It, but you feel college. energized to do it. You feel energized to Absolutely. do it. It's not like. You're motivated. You're like, yeah. You feel motivated. And then it motivates you to like pursue other goals yeah um, because once you get those once you cover those that's one thing i've noticed it's like i stopped running i stopped working out at, at all when i got here i stopped stretching i stopped everything i was entirely focused on like on getting adjusted to this life but i realized i was yeah. still kind of being like lazy about it because i just sit on my phone or i just like snack versus like reading up or something or learning or having more conversations and yeah. But now, like, I've kind of covered those, those more, the, the more basic things. And now I'm getting more, I'm getting back into stretching. I'm going to start running soon. Um, I'm going to start, I've started meditating a bit more and I've been doing this podcast. So like, yeah. I've been able to, to cover more things. Um, and like, like you're saying about like, you're, you're doing certain things that, that you need to do. We have to do them. Because it's for right. our physical well-being, it's for our mental well-being, or it's literally for our existence to keep being where we are. And um, it's, it's really weird to see that. It's really weird to see because that's when I say, when I say college is not real life, that's what I mean. Like, you don't have to yeah. do shit. Yeah. You don't have to do shit. You can get by, yeah. never go to a single class, turn yeah. in all your essays, or do your, all your exams, pass and continue on with life doing absolutely fuck all. Now it's very yeah. rare, it's very difficult, but that's a reality. You can't yeah, do yeah. that here. You can't no. do that in New York City. You can't do that yeah. where, I, where I am in, in Wyoming and you can't do that in most places in the world. And I'm so happy that, I have, that we're both having this experience. And I know a lot yeah. of other people that are having this experience, but I also feel really bad for those people that are just kind of stuck at home, either taking online classes or not even taking online classes, but taking or having like internships online. It's like, and, yeah. and I've been hearing about some of them. It's like, literally they just turn on their computer, join a conference call and then go play Xbox or play PS4, <laughs> play FIFA, COD, whatever. And it's like, harder. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to call him out on this. If he listen to these, if he's listening, Rams just out, exposed man. you. But like it was stuff like that you hear, and it's like, are you really getting something out of that? Like yeah. they say, like, oh, I'm learning, but it's like when they say learning, it's like very, it's like learning concepts. That's it. You're not learning why is it a concept? Why is it having to be applied in this situation? How yeah. is it being applied in the situation? What are the multiple manifestations of that um, concept or of that? whatever it is. And, um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's awesome. This is, I think the, what we're both doing, it's really good. So, uh, um, yeah. Happy to have you on, man. Really. Thank you, brother. It's been yeah. a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks Always appreciate it. Uh, wish you the best on this podcast, you know, man. 
Yeah. Uh, don't uh, keep the. I know you only upload the audio, but keep the video because you never I know. I keep the video. Yeah, I'll I'll send you the yeah, video. Keep the video, bro. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on. I hope to have you soon. So yeah, having you on right. again sometime. If you're, ever, if you're ever in um New York City, or come by, stop by there for Thanksgiving break on your way to. Bro, I'm gonna visit you. Don't don't. Yeah, I yeah. doubt that. Don't. Uh, doubt that. All, All right. right. Take it easy, bro. Take care, brother.